chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do it all unto the glory of God. Who don't like that? Mic drop. Welcome back. It's a blessing to be with you for another edition of Faith Family Fantasy Football. I'm the Holy Handicapper, the host of this podcast. Welcome. It's a blessing to be with you for another edition of Faith Family Fantasy Football. I'm the Holy Handicapper, the host of this podcast. I hope you have had a chance to listen to the Two Holy Handicapper Positional Ranking Podcast and the ADP Average Draft Position Analysis. We also gave our take on the Deshaun Watson suspension. If not, go to uh, go back and catch up. You can uh, know when the podcast drop or the rankings get updated by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Holy Handicapper. That's Holy with an I, Handy with an I, and on Facebook, Faith Family Fantasy Football. We continue to get a lot of Facebook hits, but no posts or response. We would love to interact with you. Our podcast host site is anchor.fm, but we can be found on most podcast platforms. Please leave us a rating and review so we know what you think. It does matter to us. If you listen on anchor.fm or Spotify, you can find podcast questions and polls that let you interact with us. The questions and polls can be found on anchor.fm in the community tab and the community tab and Spotify in the expanded information. You can leave us a message on our anchor host page and if you have a question you want answered or a subject you want us to talk about, visit our website faithfamilyfantasyfootball.com to see what Jesus is doing in the NFL. The Holy Handicapper PPR draft rank rankings are on the blog page during the preseason. You can also answer our podcast question, ask your own question, leave feedback, suggestions, and contact request on the contact page. For those not involved in social media, you can call and leave a message uh, a question or text me at 770-744-4075. My email is holyhandicapper at faithfamilyfantasyfootball.com. We would love to hear from you. It is officially prime draft season for redraft leagues. Most redraft leagues will draft these next couple of weeks. I typically don't join regular redraft leagues that draft any earlier. Remember to enjoy the process, and as a rule of thumb, you will generally get out of the draft what you put into your preparation. I know a lot of folks who just do it for fun and pick up a magazine, which by the way is already outdated when you buy it, or print some cheat sheets on the way to wherever they draft. Then you have the guys like myself who come in with their own rankings by position and overall, some subscribe to several fantasy football sites and have team trackers, roster lists, computerized draft buddies to suggest who to pick in the draft they are doing. Some will have so much information that it is impossible for them to make a pick in the, the minute allotted them. I have been all of those at one time or another. You will have at least one of each of those in your drafts. I enjoy the entire league getting together in person, whether at someone's house or elsewhere. I have done, I have not done one of those for years. We used to have a good setup. One of the guys used to work for a local college and would get us a tech lab, whiteboards, computers, and of course that 
infamous or famous walk of shame or fame when you make a pick. No matter wherever or however uh, you draft, just enjoy the process, the moment, and have a lot of fun. I have been doing this for around 30 years uh, and now realize that I didn't always cherish those special moments and bonds that were created over the years after each draft. I often miss the moment. Don't miss an opportunity to make and keep lifelong friends. We all get busy and sometimes our lives have to move on, so enjoy it while it lasts and make every possible effort to stay in and stay connected to lifelong ligs and ligmates. In one of my future podcasts, I'm going to see if my original commissioner, his wife, and my wife will join me for a nostalgic look at the way fantasy football used to be and the time commitment you had to make if you wanted to be a good commissioner, plus all the griefs and burdens you would have to bear with each decision. Here at Faith Family Fantasy Football, we have four redraft drafts that started this Monday August 22nd at 10 o'clock a.m. Our drafts are a little different in that they are long drafts. We made a decision two years ago to try doing our drafts as long drafts. Scheduling 10 to 12 strangers to draft is usually a problem unless some teams auto-draft. This works out if the auto-draft team is unusually excellent because if not, the team does not have much interest in a bad team they didn't draft, which in turn gives you an uninvolved team. No league likes that. Nothing brings a league down more than uninvolved managers. The long draft worked out pretty well the first year, but I still put it up for a vote last year, and we continue to do long drafts for redraft leagues. This gives every this gives everyone an opportunity to draft their team so they have a sense of ownership. We started a new type of redraft league this year. We call it the Family Tag Team League. We wanted to encourage families to develop a hobby together and to, that would take time, effort, and a good sense of teamwork. I don't know any family that couldn't benefit from more of those three things. If you are interested and missed out this year, contact me and I will make sure you get an invitation next year. I am trying my best to get a little different information to add to what you already are getting from so many different sources. It seems like every time I come up with an idea, one of the the big networks come up with a podcast that does that before I can even get mine out. So forgive me if it seems like I'm just copying what's going on or just regurgitating what I'm hearing. Our lineup for today will be our weekly Reset Lifeline by Pastor Jeremy Morton, lead pastor of First Baptist Church Woodstock in Woodstock, Georgia, which is a short biblical life lesson, and then NFL News and Notes, followed by draft prep suggestions for every level of player. Time permitting, we will do an analysis of 10 team computer simulated mock drafts from three different uh three drafts at three different positions, one, five, and ten. Our reset lifeline for today is Give God the Little Things out of the book of Psalms, the 37th chapter, the 16th verse. Just as I have encouraged you to be aware to enjoy the draft process and make a a moment to uh, take a moment to savor this season in your life and those around you, 
Please listen closely to be aware of what God can do when you give him not only these little things, but also any and all little things in your life. Let's see now what God wants to say to us this week through Pastor Jeremy. Thanks for joining us for Reset, a daily devotional podcast with Pastor Jeremy Morton. Good day to all my friends on Reset. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Hear now the word of the Lord from Psalm thirty-seven, sixteen. One sentence, but my, 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 how this sentence packs quite a punch. This is what the Bible says. The little that the righteous person has is better than the abundance of many wicked people. Did you hear this word? Psalm 37, 16. The little bit that's in the possession of the righteous man or woman is so much better than the abundance of many wicked people. Particularly in America today, my friends, we've done a poor job identifying and selecting our heroes. We attribute success to more money, to handsome looks, or a beautiful appearance. We think because someone is successful in business, or film, or politics, or sports, that they're superior. But, oh, this is a good word. The kingdom of God completely flips this upside down. When we follow Jesus, we learn that true riches will never be found on this earth. True riches exist in knowing Jesus and making him known to every person that comes across our path. Jesus tells us this in Mark 8. What does it matter if a person profits the whole world, if they gain the whole world? but they forfeit their own soul. Hear this statement again from Psalm 37. The little that the righteous person has is better than the abundance of many wicked people. I ask you this. What little bit do you need to put in the hands of Jesus today? Maybe you need to surrender to him the limitation of your ability or of your talent. Maybe it's your voice. Maybe it's your mind. Maybe it's a skill set. Maybe you need to surrender to him a class that you're struggling with at school. Or maybe a business contract that you're concerned about. Maybe there's an issue with a neighbor or with a coworker, and you're so limited in what you can do. In fact, the truth is, you can't control anything about the outcome. But do you desire God's will? Do you want God's name to be exalted in your life in that particular circumstance? Then take that little bit and put it in the hands of Jesus. Oh, this is such a good word. How about the young man in Matthew 14 that all he had were five loaves and two little fishes? Do you remember what that boy did when he brought his lunch to Jesus? It was just a little bit, but he put it in Jesus' hands, and the Bible says thousands were fed. I think of the poor widow in Luke 21 when Jesus was observing the people giving their offerings. Many wealthy people went by the temple treasury and they put in large dollar bills. But a small widow, a poor widow, she was only able to put in a little coin. She had very little. But you know what Jesus said? She's given out of her poverty 
and the rich people out of their wealth. She gave, proportionally speaking, far more than them. You know what Jesus said about that widow? That little bit that she put in God's hands meant more to the Father than all those who gave out of their wealth. Again, the loaves and fishes, the widow's might. We could go on and on and on. What little bit today do you need to put in God's hands? Maybe you feel low. Maybe you feel incapable. Maybe you feel unsuccessful. Maybe you feel that you're not able to do anything good. Whoever you are, whatever you are, by the grace of God, humble yourself before the Lord, get on your knees, and ask Him to use your life for His glory. I think of James 4.10. If we humble ourselves before the Lord, at the right time, He will exalt us. This is such a good word. The little that the righteous person has is better than the abundance of many wicked people. You, with a little integrity and a little righteousness, mean more to God than thousands who have no interest in following Him. I can't help but think today about that old hymn we used to sing when I was younger. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. For little is much when God is in it. Thank you, Lord, for this word. We take the little that we are, and we surrender ourselves to your righteous power. Jesus, be exalted today. Make us the loaves and the fishes. Make us the widow's might. A little bit in your hands, used for great glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Reset. To learn more or to join the conversation, visit us at fbcw.org. Please don't get my introduction to today's lifeline wrong. I am not saying that God will miraculously help you win a fantasy championship if you give it over to him, but he can even bring purpose and meaning to something as simple as this. That brings us to our life question for this week. What little bit in your life do you need to give God? Remember, our life question can be found on anchor.fm in the community tab and on Spotify in the and the expanded information. It can also be found on our website, faithfamilyfantasyfootball.com, under the contact page. I really would like to hear your answers. Being we are so close to the to everyone drafting, I would like to share with you draft prep suggestions for players of every level, beginner, immediate, advanced, and expert. So, number one, know your expectation for the season. Your expectations should dictate your preparation. Do you want to just have fun, be competitive, or win? Number two, for the beginner, if your expectation is just to have fun, then you can pretty much follow a draft rankings list. I would suggest sorted by projected points or average draft position. You can just use your fantasy draft host site draft board rankings. Don't just auto-draft. You won't feel ownership for your team. Suggested free sites to get alternative draft rankings, Faith Family Fantasy Football, Fantasy Nerds, 
and Fantasy Pros. They all have free rankings. We will need to create. Uh, you will need to create a free account to print out uh, with those last two accounts, uh, Fantasy Nerds and Fantasy Pros. At uh, uh, Faith Family Fantasy Football, we only did positional rankings this year, and I need to get them updated soon. Number three, if you are an intermediate player and want to just be competitive, you may want to consider getting a paid prescription, a paid premium subscription to a fantasy football service. Again, I recommend Fantasy Nerds. I think it's the best bang for the buck in the industry right now. Fantasy Pros also, but it's a little more expensive, but has a few more features. I think gambling is a foolish waste of money, so I play for free in every league except for my MFL Dynasty League. It is a very minimal cost minimal cost yearly. I was not sure Dynasty players would stay committed like I do for free. Uh, Faith Fantasy Family Football started a free Dynasty League this year. We will see if free Dynasty players will stay involved and committed. I sincerely hope so. Uh, number four, do multiple mock drafts using your draft position to get in, uh, to get a general idea of what players will be available in what rounds. Uh, do this for all your leagues. Even if you don't have a ton of time to mock, you can run complete computer simulated drafts. This will help you come up with a tentative draft plan. Uh, I say tentative because no two drafts are exactly alike, and sometimes you have to zig when someone else zags. Uh, Fantasy Pros has a real nice Draft Wizard app. That is what I will be using when we do our 10-team computer simulated mock drafts from three drafts at three different positions, 1, 5, and 10, a little later in our podcast. I highly recommend that you do at least one mock draft on the site you are drafting on, even if it is not very intuitive or user-friendly. You may learn more from other mocks, but will use the rankings that, you, that your site uses and gives you a feel what you need to be successful. Number five, to make the move from intermediate to advanced, to advanced uh, start making your own draft rankings. Most fantasy draft websites allow you to make your own rankings. If not, you need to find another host site. Create a list of players you would like to get in the draft if the price is right. Compare your rankings with other ranking sites. Look at the host site for each of your drafts and see how they have players uh, you are targeting ranked so that you don't invest too much draft capital in someone you may that may be available in later rounds. Uh, mock, mock, and mock draft. Number six, if you are an expert, you have probably tuned out already. This podcast platform can be helpful to you as another free opinion. We are also a place where you can get that opinion from a platform that anyone from your kids to your grandparents can trust to be G-rated. Our Reset Lifeline and website can be an encouragement to you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Yes, Jesus is also at work in the NFL, and we tried to highlight that. I hope those suggestions will be a help to you in your upcoming drafts, and our website and podcast will be an encouragement to you in this upcoming fantasy football season. I was going to rail on about my draft day pet peeves and my draft uh, room etiquette, but I'll save that for my introduction for next week. I would really like to do it this week for relevance sake, 
but for time's sake, I will wait till next week. Now for some relevant, but not all, NFL news and notes. A couple NFL quarterbacks leading the news this week. The NFL Network reports that trade interest for Jimmy Garoppolo is dead at this point. Looks like they're either going to have to cut him or keep him. If they cut him, wait and see all the interest that's out there then. The NFL Network is also reporting that the Pittsburgh Steelers are getting a lot of trade interest for veteran quarterback Mason Rudolph. Reports are out of Texas that the uh, Titans are really uh, bullish on first-year back Damian Pierce. He has been a guy that people have been poo-pooing where I take him in my drafts. Reports are out of Dallas that wide receiver Michael Gallup won't start the season on the pup list, that he will be on the active roster. There has been trade talks swirling around tight end Mike Gazicki of the Miami Dolphins. He is on a guaranteed contract for this year and I believe is the free agent next year. Coach Pete Carroll of the Seattle Seahawks said that um, Ken Walker is making progress every day, but he's uncertain that uh, he'll be ready for week one. Gus Edwards, running back for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, lands on the uh, pup list uh, on Tuesday. That puts him out until uh, through the first four games of the season, at least. Reports out of Denver is that uh, they're trying to get uh, tight end Greg Dolchitz ready as, as much as possible for week one. That would be good for his fantasy value. If you haven't heard already, quarterback Matt Carell of the Carolina Panthers was officially placed on season-ending IR. He reportedly suffered a uh, Liz Frank foot injury in the second preseason game for the Panthers. Wide receiver Romeo Dobbs of the uh, Green Bay Packers continues to impress. Uh, he may be the... Um, Rookie wide receiver to own, not Christian Watson there in Green Bay. Quarterback Baker Mayfield for the Carolina Panthers was officially named the starter for week one, as if we didn't already know that. There's some rumors out of Buffalo that wide receiver Stephon Diggs uh, has been lining up in the backfield. Uh, that should be interesting to see how that works out. I think that's all the relevant news and notes I have for right now. Let's move on to our analysis of three 10-team computer-simulated mock drafts at three different positions, 1, 5, and 10. These drafts were done with the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard, which uses their rankings. The way we will be analyzing them is looking at each draft and seeing who I would have taken if I didn't just follow the computer's uh, suggestion. This may help in gaining a little understanding of different strategies at given positions. Then we will pick out values and reaches for each round. Keep in mind, when you do mock drafts, at uh, the ADP is a cumulative from the beginning of the year, so there should be plenty of values and reaches. This is just an exercise to give you a feel where players may be going in your drafts and what rounds to target them in. Keep in mind, because each draft is a little different, there is no proven strategy that works for every draft. I will also add in, when players went in the uh, numerous drafts that I've done so far, actual drafts, so uh, that should help also with that uh, average draft position. Okay, let's dig in. Keep in mind, as you go through these mock drafts, if you get a really high grade, you probably are using old um, rankings. I hardly ever get an A when I just draft uh, myself not using their suggestions. 
The first draft we're going to look at is from position number 10. Now, this is in a 10-team league, PPR scoring. One quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one flex, tight end, running back, or wide receiver, uh, a uh, two, uh, uh, one uh, defensive special team, DST, and one kicker. So let's take a look at this first round and see who they suggested we take. In this first round, they suggested we take Najee Harris. I would not have taken Najee. Um, I probably would have preferred taking Jamar Chase, who went uh, the next round to the third pick, or even Aaron Jones, who went the next round to the fifth pick, or Devontae Adams, who went the next round at the uh, sixth pick. I think Najee is a uh, stretch in the first round. That offensive line is terrible. That offense could really struggle this year. At the top of the second round, they got us taking DeAndre Swift at 2-1. Uh, I like DeAndre Swift. That's a good pick there. Um, again, I mentioned some of the other players I might have taken. I probably would have gone with one of those receivers. Uh, and then and then Swift. I like Aaron Jones so much, I might have taken Aaron Jones and then uh, one of those receivers. Then we have to wait 18 picks. And then at round three... Uh, pick 10, it uh, had suggested us to take Michael Pittman, which we did. Um, Michael Pittman is a pretty good pick there. I think as a 12th receiver, that was pretty good value. Uh, you still have Higgins out there, Moore, um, Waddle. I think I would prefer Pittman over those folks. Then with our uh, 4-1, we have uh, Kyle Pitts. He was the third tight end taken. I agree with him being a third tight end. I it's hard to argue with that pick there with the value that was still left out there. 18 picks later again in the fifth round, pick 10, it has us taken Justin Herbert, quarterback, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, let's take a look who else. He was the third um, quarterback taken off the board. In my uh, regular drafts that I've been doing, quarterbacks have been going a lot earlier this year. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe in our league because it's a uh, six-point per patch, passing touchdowns. Also, Herbert's a good fit for our scoring uh, because you don't have to depend on his running. In a four-point for passing touchdown league, I may would have taken uh, Lamar Jackson or, uh, yeah, may, uh, Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray possibly. There are no great value receivers or running backs that went, so I, I would agree with that pick. Next at 6-1, it has us taken Allen Robinson, wide receiver, from Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he's all right there. I don't think I'd have taken him. I probably would have taken, uh, if I was going to take a receiver, another receiver, like Amon Ross St. Brown, possibly, uh, Rashad Bateman. Then moving into seventh round, 7-10, uh, has us taken Juju Smith-Schuster, Elijah Moore, those are really good values there. Some may have argued Gabriel Davis uh, instead of uh, Moore or, Schust or um, Juju. Kind of kind of in that same uh, tier for sure. Or Josh Jacobs. Uh, uh, he, you know, I have an opinion on him I'll share later. Next in round 9 and 10 has us taken Kareem Hunt and Tony Pollard. The... Um, I might have taken Miles Sanders instead of Kareem Hunt, and I might have taken Kenneth Gainwell instead of Tony Pollard there. Um, but 
I, I don't, it's hard to argue that. Uh, well, I, I hate to say it. My, my man, Damian Pierce is there. I probably would have taken Damian Pierce before either one of those two. Next, we have Ramondre Stevenson and Zach Ertz at uh, 11-10 and 12-1. Um, like both of those, hard to argue that one. Next, next at uh, 13-10 and 14-1, has us taken J.D. McKissick and uh, San Francisco's defense. I like both of those picks uh, with McKissick. I don't really see any other running backs are still there. If, I, if we needed a running back to fill out our uh, roster, that was a good pick. And uh, I like San Fran's. At pick 15, 15-10, it has us taken Matt Prater. That's not a bad deal uh, for a uh, the last kicker taken in the draft. So looking at this, I've noticed this when I draft in that 10 spot on mocks. It usually has me taken... Two uh two running backs uh back to back there. That's not a bad strategy. I kinda like that. I don't think this team turned out all that bad. Uh they gave us a draft grade of an A on that, but really it's not us. It's it's they graded themselves. Ninety-three points out of one hundred. So after the two running backs they had taken a uh a wide receiver and then a um tight end, which which is not bad. That pitch should score as well as a second wide receiver. Fifth round, got Justin Herbert. Um, that's not bad value, I guess. Uh, you could wait a little longer and get a, uh, a... But that's hard to argue. It depends on uh, how fast quarterbacks are going off the board and uh, what other needs you might have had. Uh, you can wait this year a little bit of quarterback if you need to. Uh, there's a lot of good... Uh, there's at least... 10 good starting quarterbacks available. Let's take a look now at a draft from the fifth position. At uh, 1-5, it has us taken Dalvin Cook. Um, I like that pick a lot. <coughs> I think he's worth taking. The only uh, receiver gone was Justin Jefferson, but I probably would take Cook in front of uh, of the couple of Cup and, and um, Chase. At 2-6, it has us taken Aaron Jones. Again, back-to-back running backs, just like the uh, tent position. Then at 3-5, has us taken our first wide receiver, uh, Tyreek Hill. I probably would have taken A.J. Brown, who went, a few, who went uh, four picks later, uh, in front, uh, instead of Tyreek Hill in there. At 4-6, has us taken D.J. Moore. I like but don't love uh, DJ Moore. I, I think that offense is really going to struggle. I probably would have went uh, Mike Williams or uh, Brandon Cooks or Cortland Sutton, who uh, then we had us taking him at 5-5. Five, five. We got Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Brandon Cooks went at 5-6. Six. At 6-6 six, six has us taken Kyler Murray. And, um, again, quarterback, you just got to play that by ear. And by feel, because you can get 10 good quarterbacks. So you can wait uh, unless someone starts getting creepy and starts taking two quarterbacks. And then it kind of messes you up a little bit. But even at that, there's there's a number of, of good quarterbacks this year. Then at 7-5, Cousins has taken Darnell Mooney. I like him a lot with who's left there. At 8-6, taking Elijah Moore. It's hard to argue that one. Maybe possibly uh, Alan Lazard. At 9-5, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I don't see necessarily anybody that uh, I would 
want there. And and then at 10-6 has us taking Chase Claypool. I would have taken Ramondre Stevenson. Well, I would have taken Damian Pierce first. He's not going to go that late. We'll talk about that later. Again, this is accumulated from the beginning of the year. Uh, he is not going to last that late. He was early in the year in my dynasty drafts, yes, uh, but not in um, not now. And that would have been dynasty startups. Next has us take a TJ Hawkinson. As our starting tight end, that's not bad at 11-5. He's going a little bit earlier now, but that's about where he goes. So he's a good value. 12-6 has us take a Naheem Hines. Might have considered Brian Robinson there. 13-5, Kenneth Gainwell, which was a very good pick uh, looking at what's left. But again, uh, yeah, he goes around that that round maybe a little bit earlier than that. Then at 14-6, Denver Broncos. And at 15-5, Evan McPherson. I might have taken New England there instead of Denver. And I probably would have taken Harrison Butker instead of McPherson. Here at the fifth spot, we see a very similar build again as in the tenth spot. A couple running backs first, then two wide receivers, not a wide receiver and a tight end, uh, and then um, a quarterback, and then more receivers, more receivers. That's the way to hit it, more receivers. I like that. Uh, and then you know, get some value at some running backs and tight ends. So um give you an idea of how what will happen at the five spot that draft grade that computer gave itself an a 95 out of 100 again those grades are irrelevant uh, you can see the computer is always going to give itself an a or a b or an a plus so last but not least drafting out of the one spot uh, computer took christian mccaffrey i i don't argue with that i, I really don't for a redraft league i think uh that is a good pick right there again just like picking at the 10 spot 18 picks later 210 and 3-1 has us taken cd lamb and leonard fournette so uh wide receiver and a running back i actually have no problem with that at all looking at who is available after that at 410 uh it's got to take got us taking uh mike williams and then courtland sutton at 5-1 i like that a lot Two very good picks. At 6-10 and 7-1, uh, the computer took Kyler Murray and Michael Thomas. I'm out on Thomas. I don't know. I, maybe I'll miss out on something, but I'm out on Thomas. I would have taken any of these guys behind him. I would have taken Amon Ross, St. Brown, probably Gabriel Davis, Elijah Moore, uh, Rashad Bateman. I have no argument with Kyler Murray at 6-10. Uh, then at 8 Ten and nine one, Drake London and then Kareem Hunt. Let's see who was available. Um, Damian Harris was still available. I, I don't know. I'm kind of out on him. I think Stevens is going to take that job. Stevenson went just a couple picks later. So did Cordero Patterson. I may have just punted at running back there, and took like Lazard or um, Christian Kirk. Um, or Brandon Ayuk. At picks 10-10 and 11-1, they got my guy again, uh, Rashad Penny. Um, he's got the starting job for now. Kenneth Walker's going to take it over eventually. 
uh, and Penny will get hurt eventually. So I don't love that pick. If I was taking a running back, I'd have even taken Melvin Gordon in front of him, uh, possibly even James Cook. Brian Robinson's usually available somewhere around there. Then they take my boy, 11-1, Damian Pierce. He is not going anywhere near that. He is going somewhere between the 6th and 8th round. I missed out on him some uh, because I was waiting. Because at first, I was a little spoiled with uh, with startup drafts. Um, he was going a lot later in startup dynasty drafts. Uh, even in redraft, mock drafts, he was going much later before that breakout game in the preseason. Uh, now he's going pretty early. Anywhere between 5 and 9 if you're lucky, but... I wouldn't. If you really want him, you're going to have to take him between 5 and 7, I'd say. At 12-10, Pat Fryermuth, 13-1, Kenneth Gainwell. I probably would have took Cole Clement over Fryermuth if I was taking a tight end. And uh, Gainwell, I don't have any problem with him there. They have Robinson in that round, but uh, I think he would go earlier than that. Then at 14-10 and 15-1, we got the Saints and... Tyler Bass, kicker for uh, Buffalo. Saints was not a bad pick for the seventh um, defense taken. I thought that that was really good value there. I don't know if that would happen. And Tyler Bass, I would have taken again Harrison Buckler ahead of him or Daniel Carlson Carlson ahead of him also. So that's a look at um, drafts at three different positions, one, five, and ten. And... uh, Giving you kind of an idea. So let's take a look real quick at this. Uh, at, at, at the one pick, it was a much more balanced choice. It was uh, running back, then wide receiver, running back, then uh, wide receiver, wide receiver, and uh, four and five, um, and then quarterback around, It's round six. That seems to be where they suggest taking a, bet- uh, a quarterback is between four and uh, six if you want one of the top seven. But those next three are just as good and you get them much later. Then wide receiver, running back, running back, running back. Two pretty decent ones too, late, but they're not going to go that late. You're starting tight end around around uh, round 12. I've never seen good starting tight ends last that long. I don't think that's going to happen Uh with DST leagues, with, with teams that have DSTs and kickers that only go 15 picks. And court, and uh, defense and kicker, the last couple picks. Now, keep in mind, there, there's going to be, and we'll go through that uh, with one of these drafts to say values and not values. But uh, in general, um, there's going to be some people in your draft that take a kicker. And I think we had someone take it in the uh, – uh, a defense in like the eighth round, a kicker in like the tenth round. You're going to have some of those outliers, um, unless people buy in and start start a run. I would, you know, I would not follow that. So let's take a look now at one of these drafts and go um, round per round and see uh, what kind of values and what kind of reaches there are. And I'm not going to do all three. I'm just going to do one of them because uh, they're all basically the same. Generated by the same computer. Okay, looking at one of these drafts, uh, the first round, uh, the biggest reach I see is Najee Harris at uh, 1-6. Um, he needs to go 
in that top part or middle part of the second round at best. Uh, to me, that's a reach. Um, let me see if I see a steal. A steal here would be uh, Henry at 1.8 and uh, Chase at 110, Cooper Cup at 17. Uh, here in the second round, reaches and um, let's see for a reach here. Um, a reach in this round. I don't see any real reaches in this round. I think it's pretty solid. Maybe Michael Pittman at 2.7 uh, might be a, <clears throat> a little bit early. Uh, a value or a steal would have been uh, C.D. Lamb at 2.10. Third round reaches. I'm not a huge Debo Samuel fan. Debo Samuel at 3.2. I guess that's not a huge reach, but uh, I, I just don't like him there. I would not take him there. I am personally not a large Nick Chubb fan, no pun intended, but um, uh, he may get more yards than he ever has. I mean, they might, they're not going to be able to Kobe Brissett. Uh, yeah, he might get uh, a whole lot more carries. They might just have to pound it out. And he might have the, uh, a career year that like he's never had before. So I could see him there, but I just, I don't know. I can't buy into it. Some would say AJ Brown's a reach at 310. I don't think so. I like AJ Brown a lot. I think that's a value. In the fourth round, a reach. I don't see any large reaches. I'm not, um, yeah, I really don't see any real large reaches here. But I also don't see any uh, real values. In the fifth round, um, also, so far, it seems like everyone's gone where average draft position would be normally right now. Uh, you know, even though it's accumulative, those all seem to be pretty much normal. In the fifth round, I only see one possible reach. Allen Robinson, uh, I, I I don't know. I can't buy in. A lot of people are buying in. I just can't buy in for some reason. And I think, as usual, a, a um, value is Brandon Cooks at 5-6. In the sixth round, uh, I think Rashad Bateman is a very good value uh, in the sixth round. I like Dalton Schultz here too around this in, in this sixth round. If you if you want him, if you like him, uh, that's where you're going to get him. If you wait any longer, you're going to miss out on him. Uh, I happen to like him this year. Some folks don't, but if you don't take him by the six, he'll be gone. J.K. Dobbins could be a real value at six two. He scares me. I, I just would like to see him healthy. Man, when he came out of college, I thought this is going to be a, a really good back, and I was really anticipating and anxious to see him get on the field and he's never seemed to really get healthy uh, and play in any stretch of time to let him get any rhythm. Uh, he could be a real value at 6'2". I also think I also think that Rashad Bateman is a value down here at 6'7". So I tend to like the 5th, 6th, and 7th round of most drafts. Moving on to the 7th round, I think Chris Godwin is a reach uh, at 7'2". Taking him in front of uh, Mooney, uh, Michael Thomas, Gabriel Davis. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He should, talent-wise, go ahead of those guys. But I just don't think he's going to be right this year. And if he is, it may be too late for you by then. Also going to uh, up front of Amal Ross St. Brown. 
a value, I think, is Joe Burrow at 7-6. I've seen him in most of my drafts. He's gone in the fifth round uh, in those top five quarterbacks. Dak Prescott may be a little overvalued here at 7-7. It seems like his stock keeps dropping. Um, I mean, he's been available in, a, in the eighth to tenth round, <clears throat> round of most of my drafts. Tom Brady's here in the seventh round, too. I've seen him fall into the eighth to tenth round also. So you could say those are reaches, but, you know, those are, you know, where most of the quarterbacks uh, at that point are, have, have been off the board. But you still have some good guys out there. You still have Safford, Cousins, um, Rodgers. So, yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks this year. Moving on to the eighth round, there's a lot of guys with question marks. And most of these guys are gone earlier in most of my drafts, actual drafts, uh, which are Antonio Gibson, uh, Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon. Most of these guys in those drafts that I do have been going uh, a lot earlier than this. Except by Tony Gibson has been falling quite a bit lately. Uh, he, he may be available between the 8th and 10th round. This may sound weird, but Adam Thielen's a pretty good value at uh, 8-3. I've even seen him go uh, later than that. Um, I think he's just going to do what he always does, uh, catch touchdowns just like good old Chris Carter. I'd mentioned that in the last podcast. I couldn't figure out who Berman talked about. All he does is catch touchdowns. It was Chris Carter. Now, Adam Thielen is the new Chris Carter. All he does is catch touchdowns. In his ninth round, Singletary would be a good value. He's falling pretty late. Uh, I like I like him that late. I don't like him any earlier, but he's worth a shot in that great offense. Uh, and if he can stay healthy and, and hold on to that starting back position, that would be a steal from the ninth, ninth round down. Alan Lazard is also a really good value here, 9-1. I think this round is just stacked with folks. Brandon Ayoub, uh, Christian Kirk also, good values. Man, I really like the value in this ninth round. Moving on to the tenth round, I see that um, a good value is Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson at uh, 10-7. Even Cordell Patterson at 10-8. He could actually kind of help you out as a wide receiver and a running back. It's always nice to have one of those utility knives on your team. Miles Sanders, another running back who's gone late. Maybe not this late uh, in most drafts, but uh, uh, he's a guy that, um, again, just like Singletary, if he can keep uh, that starting job, he can um, he can be a value if you get him this late. Here's a reach for you uh, at ten nine, a Buffalo Bills defense, and uh, you kind of laugh at that and say, "Oh, it's just a commuter simulated thing." Uh, that happened in two of my drafts um, just this week. I only say that because you can, you know, most defenses that are ranked number one going into the season. Don't end up being a number one, and ones that aren't ranked uh, in the top ten end up being a number one defense. Uh, a lot has to do with schedule. A lot has to do with uh, weather. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that, so uh, I just don't like taking a defense too early. In round 11, the value is Damian Pierce, which is a joke. Like I said, he is going anywhere from, uh, say, the... Um, to be safe, uh, seventh round, uh, maybe even a sixth round soon. Uh, this is 11-4. He's one of those people that uh, 
computer simulation. Uh, the accumulated drafts have not caught up to him yet because he's a rookie. But, um, yeah, he's going much earlier. He, he won't be available down here. So, of course, he'd be a value. But you're not going to get him down here. If you want to get him, you got to target him earlier. Like I said, between seven, round seven, round eight, uh, you know, maybe round six, if you really are convinced you need a running back and, and you're stuck with some some people that maybe are in timeshares. I like TJ Hawkinson down here. He uh, falls somewhere around here between nine and 11. Um, pretty good value. I, I'm not real sold on him, but uh, pick him up. He could, could finally be his year. If not, you can always stream at that position. But uh, good value if you got him this late. James Robinson's down here in the 11th round. Uh, he is a, that's about where he's going and, and, uh, he is their starting running back according to the coach and, and, uh, the team. So, um, yeah, I, I like him down there. If I can get him at round 11 and I'm looking for some running back depth, uh, most definitely I would grab James Robinson. I wouldn't take him in the sixth round or the seventh round, but that 11, I would definitely take him down there. Also, Melvin Gordon down here. A lot of good values down here. But a lot of these running backs are off the board a lot earlier than this in most real drafts. In round 12, I uh, have another defense off the board, uh, Tampa Bay. Again, maybe a little too early still. But if you're picking at a top or a bottom of a um, of a draft, you might be able to get a run started. If you get a run started and a bunch of people take, like if you're at one, and a bunch of people take uh, uh, defenses. And then all of a sudden someone takes a kicker and a bunch of people take kickers. Then by the time it comes back to you, um, you can take a, a much higher rated player than would have been available to you at that point. So sometimes if you have one you really like, you think they're going to be really good, It sometimes you can play that, uh, kind of roll the dice there and play that game of, of uh, trying to get a run started. Uh, it's not a bad strategy. Love Cole Clement down here. He doesn't go this late. He's usually a round or two earlier than that. Uh, but he is one of the later tight ends going, in, and uh, I like him. I've been waiting on tight end. I've been getting a lot of him and uh, a lot of uh, Pat Fryermuth. They have Zach Ertz in this round. Uh, he goes a lot earlier than this. A few rounds earlier, at least, way before these other tight ends, uh, before Goddard, before Clement, before Fryermuth. Uh, so um, don't expect him to be there in your drafts. Julio Jones, he may be uh, a reach here. A lot of folks are getting him their last pick uh, or their next to last pick. Um, I like him, uh, but um, I don't know what capital I'm willing to spend on him. Because uh, he might, it might be a guy that you end up cutting real quick uh, if he gets injured. Dallas Goddard's also in this tier uh, in this round. Not going to be here this late. Again, a value around thirteen. Pat, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he is not going to be there this this late. A uh, couple rounds earlier, at least. Like I was saying with all those other fellas, uh, J.D. McKissick's a great value down here. Um, Thirteen one. He goes a little earlier. All these running backs have gone a little earlier than this, than this simulation has uh, them slated for. Brian Robinson's in this round. Uh, he's going to go way higher than this. Again, running backs go a lot higher than this. 
uh, he'll be uh, at least two rounds higher than this, uh, if not if not three. Um, so don't expect him to be here that late. And then in 14 and 15, you basically just fill out your kickers and your uh, defenses. And like I said, if you can start the run maybe a round or so earlier with either one of them, it's worth the gamble because you might get some folks that are available. Uh, only the only pick here that is uh, there's two tight ends, Henry and uh, Tyler Higby, were the only position players that were taken in those last two rounds in this simulated mock draft. That'll wrap up our draft analysis of mock drafts from different positions. Just as a reminder, I always post on our social media sites when a podcast drops, so join our social media sites. Subscribe, download, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. If you subscribe to the podcast, you can set your settings to automatically download and notify you. Please rate, review our podcast. We hope to uh, we hope to have a God Squad player released on the website once a week, along with other content once the NFL season actually gets underway. I have quite a few players waiting in the wings to be nominated into the God Squad. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Holy Handicapper. You can find us on Facebook at Faith Family Fantasy Football. Visit our website faithfamilyfantasyfootball.com. For those not involved in social media, you can call and leave a message or text a question at 770-744-4075. My email address is holyhandicapper at faithfamilyfantasyfootball.com. Well, that'll wrap things up for this week. It has been a blessing and a privilege to spend this time with you. Keep loving your Heavenly Father keep loving your family, and keep playing fantasy football. God bless you, and remember, one cross plus three nails equals four given. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the first book of Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 31, whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do it all unto the glory of God.